I'm Pastor Ed. I am one of the pastors here, and I want to give you a date that I want you to write down and come and be a part of. It's May 23rd. It's going to be a Sunday at 6 o'clock, and we're calling it a Life Group Refresh. We've recognized that with COVID, uh, we've gone through an unusual season. Everything in life, and certainly in church ministry, has been affected, and we recognize that we as leaders, we kind of put life groups on the back burner. Not that the facilitators and the groups were on the back burner. I've been happy and pleased hearing the reports how uh, life has been sustained in these groups and dynamically, so they're functioning and functioning well. But on that night, May 23rd, we're calling it Life Group Refresh because we recognize through the season, not only as church ministry, we got to regroup, come back together, renewed and ready to launch. Also, life groups might. So current groups, this is not just for facilitators. It's for anybody who's already a participant or you're on the outside looking in and you want to consider being a part of life group. So this is a step to go back. We recognize with COVID, there's going to be peaks and valleys, ups and downs, like we certainly saw this week. But it's time that we bring that ministry back to the forefront because it is critical to learning what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, especially as we go through the season of lament. Wow, don't try and uh, find uh, the pathway to uh, hope from hardship on your own. And so I want to invite a dear friend, Jeff Davenport, to come up here with me. Jeff, come on up. And uh, Because just over a year ago, while we were totally shut down, people couldn't come, uh, I interviewed uh, Jeff because Jeff came into our community as an auto uh, industry person uh, into sales. This was his whole life. And that industry that he had ownership of uh, uh, was being torn away. And, and, I, and as I thought about it, Jeff, I thought, uh, talk about hardship. This lament is quite a story. But I want the folks to hear the next chapter. You had to, you know, this, what you knew, the auto industry was taken away. Now what? Onwards and upwards. <laughs> but tell us about the, um, the journey, because what, when a lot of folks would have isolated because of the uncertainty of the future, Jeff at that time said, Ed, I need to find a life group. And I thought, wow, when most folks would be going the other way, you knew you wanted to be amongst people. Yeah, and I'll tell you, God bless you, Ed, because you led us in the right direction. And um, it's, um, I've been a fringe exister here at the church for the last five years. And uh, let me tell you, uh, plugging into a Christian life group was probably one of the most spiritually uplifting um, part of being a Christian. And my family here has showed up to support us. Um, in, fact, in fact, stand up. Uh, Jeff and Dee's uh, Davenport, stand up. Your life group. I mean, we want folks to uh, realize Nick, the value of... Yep, yeah, Nick and oh, Lisa. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, there we go. The bulls in the back there. Gary okay, and Mary Thank Anne, you. Dave okay. and Mary. You can yep. sit down. You, but you thank can you take guys. some credit. And go it ahead. means a lot to see all of you here because we know what COVID has done. COVID basically ripped you know, the church part and, the, and tried to, to destroy the fabric of Christianity. And I said it in several times, you know, remember the old adage of when we were young children, this is a church, you know, this is the steeple, open the doors, and these are the people, okay? Derek said it in several of his messages, it's not so much the building, it, it's the people that exist within this church, that iron sharpens iron. And because of these people, you know, um, I had a lot of hatred, a lot of bitterness in my heart of what took place, and so I found Derek's message on the last day of us being here in town. I listened to four-part message. It's turn to God in prayer. So at the beginning of the loss of the dealership, I said, God, where are we going to lead us? And that's when we became part of the Christian Life Group. And my 
Christian Life family listened to my laments and my anger and frustration, and they prayed for us. Boy, did they pray for us a lot. The next one is, and I complained to God. I said, why did you do this to me? Why did you take away something? 40 years of my life that I've learned in the car business, selling cars, something I still enjoy. Um, and then I asked boldly, God, where's the next step? And uh, Jason and Sandy Thornton down here at the uh, grocery outlet, and I get to see many of you come to the store, and it's always a blessing to see you, um, be able to share and witness with each other. So they took us under their wing when they saw the demise of the dealership. And uh, Dee and I have uh, successfully accomplished a year-long training of being grocery store operators. And uh, we were blessed with the opportunity three weeks ago to have our own grocery store. So as of today, after five and a half years of living here in town and having friends like you, um, we'll be leaving to go to Marysville, Washington to uh, op operate our own store. So come buy bread, butter, and milk, please. So to, to the final message to what Derek will speak to is, is we leave town trusting in God and trusting that he's leading us to where he wants us to be and that I can live, we can live our lives exuding what brotherly love Christianity is all about. And I am just extremely grateful for your friendship, Ed. Five and a half years ago we met, we did Bible readings, and uh, we've remained friends over the years. The uh, interesting thing was is I had the opportunity to give this witness several months ago. And it was so funny because the audio killed. And I said, God wasn't finished. He wanted me to get up here today and finish the rest of the story and tell you about how great he is and how great it is having a Christian life family. And I would encourage every one of you, be a part of it. Thank, thank you, Jeff. Thank you so much, brother. I, I will definitely be up in, in, in Marysville. You know, there is a sense of lament when you let go of a loved one, somebody that has become part of your family, uh, the life group. I think we need to look at it as missionaries. You know, we often talk about missionaries and sending people forth. I know the impact this church, the life group, has had on Dee, his wonderful wife, and Jeff, and their neighbors sitting there as well. Karen, we hope we can continue to be a part, be your church family as you need. Uh, um, but we will, by faith, believe God is sending you forth to Marysville for a specific purpose. We will grieve. Uh, uh, that's part of letting go. But let me pray uh, uh, in that spirit. Father, God, this is, uh, this is life. That's why uh, we talk about life groups. It's doesn't wait for Sunday morning. Life happens 24-7, seven days a week. And that's why we need others. So it is hard to let go of these friends. But like all the missionaries, whether it's overseas, when we send them or... or from Dallas to Marysville, Washington. God, it's by faith we send them into your care, that you have a ministry there. I already know and heard how they have uh, established uh, the gospel message, or at least witness, up in that area, that you would give them wisdom, discernment, and safety. God, you just go before and bless this business. Uh, um, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks, brother. Hey, brother. I'd give you a high five or a hug or something. My hands were full. That was awesome. Happy, sad, right? Pastor Ed already, already covered it. Happy, sad, happy, so happy for you, Jeff and Dee, following um, God's purposes for you, but sad for you, of course, to lose you, but we know you're in good hands following Jesus. Man, that was a way better sermon intro than I could come up with. You hear, uh, you hear Pastor Jeff recap the sermon series for us? That was awesome. 
I am, I am really thankful, though, um, that that is what preceded our, our time in God's Word here, because I'm really thankful for um, Jeff and Dee's example for us of finding the, what's that pivot word? Yet, right? We heard, we, we know they have experienced hardship and complaint and told God frustrations and asked God some bold questions. Yet, they, they looked for the yet, for, for who God is and what he's done for them. And, and so I'm thankful for their example of finding uh, hope in the midst of pain, uh, trusting God even when circumstances would say otherwise. And the reason I'm thankful for that example this morning, uh, quite frankly, is because sometimes I don't get there. So, sometimes I don't get there to hope right away. Sometimes I don't, it's not easy for me to see the yet, what God is doing. Uh, sometimes I need to push toward it. Maybe you too. Sometimes I need more patience. In fact, God has lots, 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 lots to teach us this morning, you and me, about patience. So let's jump right in. What, you're impatient to get to learning about patience? We're in a series of messages called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, uh, adapted from a book of the same title, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, Discovering the Grace of Lament. I have been unashamedly plugging the book and giving credit to the author, Mark Vrogrup, because, uh, our, you know, while we, uh, as always, our time in God's Word on Sunday mornings, our sermon messages are from God's Word. We want to turn, we want to keep our finger in God's Word and learn from Him. Uh, but no doubt, uh, the ideas of this series have been adapted by his book. Just it was a blessing to me and Amy, uh, and so wanting to pass along to you what we are journeying through. So if you, if you haven't been able to see all four parts uh, the last three weeks and then today, I would love you to catch up when you have time. All of the Faith Church messages are on YouTube, Facebook, our website. Uh, let us help you if you can't find those. Uh, but you, you, I think we'll be blessed as we kind of hear all of this together. Um, but uh, jumping in today also is just fine because we're going we're gonna to catch each other up. But life is hard and full of difficulties and suffering, and yet we know that God is so good. And so we're journeying this, this journey together, this in-between together. How do we experience together life on, on this side of eternity, the brokenness that is our earthly experience? How do we lament together? How do we journey this life together? I'm just with you on this journey and passing along to you what God is doing in my life so that we can get over here and continue to trust every day in God's good purposes. Uh, dark clouds, deep mercy. You know, we, we, this is the fourth Sunday, and yet we haven't really talked about the title of the book, where he had got that. And the title of the book is from two verses in Lamentations, one that uses dark clouds to, to kind of give us an image of life's difficulties, and the second verse that he adapts from Lamentations is on the screen now, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 22. And this might look familiar to you. Oh, yeah, good. Okay, I couldn't see it on the back screen, but it is behind me. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. There's that deep mercy in the midst of our dark clouds. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I'm thankful to hear of God's steadfast love, to hear of the deep mercies. But what if I'm not there? What if you're not there yet? What if that's not our experience? What if in the midst of our suffering, we don't always feel God's love? Don't know, don't know if it's so steadfast. What if our pain and our difficulties cause us to definitely feel like we're not experiencing your deep mercy, God? Well, that's where we're learning together, that lament is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. We're asking God to show us this language of prayer called lament, this language that the Bible uses in many, many places, this language of lament that is a prayer that we pray while we're in pain so that it leads us through a process and ends with trust. Lament is throughout the Bible, and, and, and we want to ask God in, this, in these, these times together that laments would give us a language, that when we don't know what to pray, that lament would be our language um, for, for how do we endure? 
Life is hard. God is good. How do we endure in, in such a way? We want to endure in such a way that honors God and that ends in trusting him more and more in our lives. So we want to learn to lament together. Um, honestly, this is a, a, a perfect week for me to need to study and then pass along this fourth component of lament prayers, that, of choosing to trust, because the week didn't start so hot. And, and others of you have experienced that off and on in recent weeks or months, or that's just the way life is. Monday morning, Tuesday morning, there was two or three things that just came at us, and, and it's nothing particularly major, and it's nothing particularly new even. It's just two or three little things that came at us. And you know the kind of things that can kind of take you down into a funk? The kind of things that could derail your week or your day? That was just the kind of things that were coming at me on Monday. And, um, and, and one, well, just one example is that knowing that we were going to move back into the extreme risk level, this COVID level. And, and honestly, what that sparked in me was some reflection about the, what, the pain and the losses that this pandemic has meant for my kids. It's been hard on all of us. It's been hard on us in many, many ways. We've talked about this over and over in, in months. But I just, just this week, the one that hit me hard again was the toll this is taking on my kids and your kids and the kids in our community. Uh, not being in school, not having social opportunities, not having sports, it going on for over a year. And I was grieving that, and it was hitting me. Uh, and just, just one example to share with you of the things that we have that we come across in life that we relate to each other and that we can lament that we can go to God with and ask him to help us get from these difficulties to ultimately continuing to trust in him uh, more and more. Because lament is a path from heartbreak to hope. It's, it's our path from pain to promise. We take lament helps us go from complaint to confidence in God. And that's what we're asking him to do. Because we have reasons to get derailed. Sometimes things come at us. Life is difficult. There's hardship. There's trial. There's suffering. There are things that could derail us. What's the pivot word? Yes. Yet. We want to keep looking for the yet. What do we know to be true about God? Who he is? What his character is? What he's done? We just sang Alleluia for the cross. Amen? We want to, we want to yet... Look to what we know to be true about God, who he is, what he's done, hallelujah, for the cross, and what he promises to do. And so it's, it's where does this lament lead us? These aspects that we've been learning in recent weeks, these uh, four components of a typical lament prayer, where do they lead us? The reason that we start by reaching out to God, by continuing to turn to him, the reason that, that our lament prayers include our honest humble uh, complaints from, from a humble heart, the reason our lament prayers can include bold questions of God is so that it leads us to trusting in him. The purposes of doing those things are, are, are to lead us to decide, to choose, to be intentional that, that where this prayer goes, that where our life goes, that where we help each other process from and to is to get to a point where we decide to worship God in faith. So lament is a prayer starting that we pray in pain and it leads us on a process to trust. And so there's four aspects and, and we'll, we've been looking at these each Sunday. Uh, four typical components of a lament prayer and we remember them by saying, turn, complain, ask, trust. Turn, complain, ask, trust. And, and it's, it's not four steps to an easy life. It's not pray this and everything will work out, right? It's these four components that as you read God's word and you come to a psalm uh, in the book of Psalms or elsewhere, if you come to a lament prayer, you probably will see these aspects in some form or the other. Turn, complain, ask, trust. But it's not just checklist prayer, and poof, everything's better. Pray this lament prayer and you'll never have to pray again. No. In fact, the author of Deep Mercy, um, Dark Clouds Deep Mercy, puts it this way. Life isn't that simple, right? Grief is not that tame. Instead, we must enter into lament over and over so that it can keep leading us to trust. Lament gives us a way to endure, 
Here's, here's something I want us to catch on to today. Here's, a, here's a, a concept that the author wants us to take a look at. We enter into the lament over and over so that it can keep leading us to trust. Lament gives us a way to endure, but not passively. God wants you to endure the suffering that you're called to, and yet it doesn't necessarily mean that we just sit back and absorb it. There, there's something other than a passive way of enduring, and the author suggests that lament helps us to practice active patience. That, 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 that endurance doesn't have to just happen to us or just that we sit back and hope that we get through it, but that we can practice active patience and that, that praying lament prayers help in this process. That, that trust could look like this. That active patience could look like turning to God, bringing our complaints, asking bold questions, and then choosing to trust, Right? Trust looks like talking to God, sharing our complaints, seeking his help, and then recommitting ourselves to trusting in who God is, what he's done, even, even as we're in the midst of a trial, even as the suffering continues. So grab your Bible and open to Psalm, chapter, or Psalm 13. Psalm is a big book in the center of your Bible. There's 150 Psalms. Bring your Bibles with you each Sunday. Those of you joining us Faith Online, get your Bible out, open it on your lap, or pull out your device and get your Bible app open. Uh, find Psalm number 13. And uh, we've been looking at a psalm each Sunday here as the psalms are really kind of a songbook for God's people, a book of poetry. And they include many examples for us of these lament prayers. And, and we want these lament prayers um, to give us language of what to pray. As we get going here, as we study Psalm, one, uh, Psalm 13 together, as we review these four parts of a typical lament, um, I want you to have in mind what's something for you personally that you need to lament? Something that's going on this past week or past month or months. What's something that you need to turn to God to that you need to lament and take to God. You have an example fresh in your mind because as we review this, these, these components together and as we look at Psalm 13, I want, us, I want uh, these things to lead us through this process of lament and lead us to where we ultimately trust in God. So hopefully your Bibles are open to Psalm 13 and uh, we'll kind of review uh, our four components as we walk through the psalm. So back uh, the first week of the series, we introduced the first component, which is turn to God in prayer. Short, ver short version, we remember, turn. Turn to God in prayer. And this was just saying that no matter what the circumstances are, no matter the difficulty you face, giving God the silent treatment is not the answer. Keep turning to him. Go to him. Turn to him. Keep praying. Instead of allowing our pain to become a pit where we get stuck, allow our pain to become a platform for turning to God in prayer. That's that first component, turn. And then the next week, we talked about the second aspect, which is bring your complaints. And we talked about the fact that sometimes we've, we've, we've only got a negative perception of complaint. We were told growing up to not complain, but Bible, Bible gives us example, Bible authors give us examples here of a way that we can be honest with God from a humble heart, not accusing him, not raging at God, but we can bring our complaints. Not complaining just to complain, not raging against God, but from a humble heart, bringing our questions, telling him our frustrations, bringing our pain, not our pride. So think of those first two, example, uh, first two things, turn and complain. And take just a few seconds. I'm just gonna be silent for a few seconds. Think of your example, the thing that you want to lament, and then, and then just take a few seconds to talk to God. Turn to him. Tell him you kind of keep turning to him, even in the midst of the pain. And, and go ahead and be from an honest, humble heart. Complain about what's difficult and what's hard about that thing. Go ahead.
Okay, now let's look at Psalm 13 together and, and see how King David does it. King David, the author of Psalm 13, in the first two verses, you'll see that he, compl- he kind of combines those first two aspects. Turn, in other words, keep going to God, keep going to God, turn to him in prayer. David combines turn and complain in these first uh, two verses in four questions. Psalm 13, verse 1. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? There's King David turning to God even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of suffering. He's going to God with his prayers. And yes, he's being honest. It's coming out almost as complaints of, this is what it feels like. This is what I'm going through. You seem far away from me. How long am I going to be sorry all day long? How long will my enemy seem to have the upper hand? And then in the next two verses, David boldly asks for deliverance. And so that brings us to our third component as a way of review. The third aspect of lament prayers that we've been learning about is ask boldly. Last Sunday we talked about this and that ask boldly is this component of a lament prayer that is confidently calling out to God to act. God, do something. But it's not a command. It's not, a, it's not, it's not us being out of place and telling God what to do. It's a bold request coming from a confidence of who we know God to be. And what we know God is about and what we know are God's purposes, what we know he's done, what he, know, what he promises to do. And if that is the source for us to confidently call on God and, and, and do something, act according to your character, according to your goodness, according to your plans. And we talked last Sunday about the fact that these bold questions are hopefully going to help move us from why questions of complaint. Why is this happening? How long? Good grief. Hopefully, our our bold questions move us from the why to the who. Who are we talking to? What do we know to be true about him? And so we, we ask boldly because Jesus understands deeply. We can ask boldly because no matter what we're going through and what we're feeling and what we're experiencing, Jesus relates. And so we can ask. Verse, uh, Psalm 13, verse 3. Here's David's bold um, request for deliverance. Verse 3. Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. A bold request for God to rescue him from the situation he was in. Uh, by the way, if you had a chance to read a psalm a day, a few weeks ago we invited each other as a church family to consider kind of a, an opportunity, a challenge to be reading one psalm per day, especially if you do not have a regular habit of reading your Bible. This is an easy way to get started. Read one psalm a day. Uh, one out of every three of the psalms in your Bible are a lament psalm. So as you read one psalm a day, you're going to find yourself coming across laments either from an individual or a lament that's on behalf of the whole community of God. And you might look for these, um, these components as you read. Uh, so hopefully you're, some of you are doing that, reading through some psalms. And are you seeing, turn, complain, ask, trust? I'm seeing some nodding heads. So perhaps if you're reading a psalm and you're finding those components, uh, and as you're looking for turn, complain, ask, trust, I did, three, I did three fingers and four steps. That was <laughs> turn, complain, ask, trust. Wow, that was really, there it is. As you're looking for those four components, uh, does the T-cat picture come to mind? <laughs> okay, that was last Sunday if you missed it, but just a goofy way of remembering. T-cat, Mr. T-cat, turn, complain, ask, trust. But here's the, here's the opportunity we have, is, is going through laments, looking for these examples in our Bible, um, We have an opportunity to make this our language, to make these laments in the Bible our language. Some of us, I know, struggle with what to pray. How do I I put this into words? So instead, look in the Bible for these laments and and pray God's word or, or memorize. In fact, today's psalm, 
Psalm 13 is a great one to memorize. It's short. It might, it might fit some of your pain and struggle and, and might give words to some of your difficulties. But pray God's word and, and memorize it and, and let this um, exercise of turn, complain, ask, trust teach us to, to lament. So today's focus then is, is the choose to trust. The fourth week, the fourth component, turn, complain, ask, trust, we are emphasizing this morning the need to end our lament prayers with trust. The, the, the desire we need to ask God to help us with, that no matter what we're going through, knowing that God is, that, that life is hard and things are painful, that we, that we want to endure in a, in a way that ends with increasing and continuing and ongoing trust in our great God. Right? We don't want laments to just become a pit of pain or where we get stuck in our complaints or telling our frustrations. We want to, what's the pivot word? Yet. We want to look in the Psalms and the lament prayers for these pivot words, yet, that, that turn us to God. So let's look back at Psalm 13. In Psalm 13, we've already seen turn, complain, and ask. And similarly, now, you're going to see a pivot word, a little different, but here, this time, the pivot word is what? In verse 5. But, verse 5, but I have trusted in your steadfast love, David proclaims. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. But, or however, or yet, you will find yourself reading through a lament prayer, and, and there's, there's, uh, there's turning to God, there's, there's honest complaint, there's bold questions, and then you're looking for these pivot words like yet, or however, or but, and we find those in lament prayers because we need to get from pain to God's promise. We need to get from complaint to confidence in God. We need to get from life's difficulties and the sufferings that are a part of our earthly journey and end in a place that is ongoing trust in God. So as we read a psalm a day, watch for these words. Watch for these yet, however, but. And let those words, as you pray through God's word, let those words turn you to trust. Let them take us out of our pit of pain, out of our complaints, and even, get this, even if I don't know if I agree or feel it, let the yet or the however or the but turn us to God. There's an intentionality here. Step four is not just trust. It just happens. It just comes. Notice that the wording of, 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 of the fourth component here is choose, trust. There's an intentionality. There, there's, a, there's a discipline that we, that we include this, whether it comes from the heart at first or not. That we choose to believe who we know God is, that we choose to believe the one who is trustworthy, that we choose to look to him even if our suffering calls into question his goodness. Even if our circumstances tell us something different about God, we choose to trust. So we want to keep taking a little bit, just a few more minutes, a closer look at this choose to trust one. But I also just want to remind you, on the website, under the news and um, updates section of our website or of your church center app, you will find some resources. There's links to uh, some of the books I've referenced. There's links to videos you can watch, podcasts you can listen to. And if you want to take what we're learning on Sundays a step further, I really would encourage you to go to the news update section and look for the recent post about week four. And there's some discussion questions there. There's some reflection questions. So if you have an opportunity to discuss it with a small group you're close to, great. Or just in your individual times with God this week, maybe pull those questions up and take a little deeper dive into this, uh, this choosing to trust aspect. So what's important about choosing to trust? Instead, again, we've said it. Instead of staying stuck in our complaints and our requests, we want lament to lead us somewhere. Lament is a process. Lament isn't just to make us wallow in our pain. Lament is a process that leads us to practice active patience. That, that instead of just sitting back and enduring and, 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 and sort of passively enduring what God has put in our life, 
There is this opportunity for us to, to practice active patience. Lament. Be active in the process of waiting to see what God is doing. Be active in the process of talking to God even though we don't see what God is doing. Be active in the process of listening for his voice, being honest about your struggles, asking him bold questions, and then choosing to trust. Psalm 13 um, gives us three examples of how we affirm our trust. Look back at verse 5 again. We have three examples here in Psalm 13 that, that give us an example of how we can speak to God, how we can affirm our trust, how we can choose trust even in the, in the pain. Verse 5, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. The psalmist knows God's love. Have you, church family, experienced God's love in your life? Have you experienced God's mercy? Can you, can you look back to some times in your life as examples of his steadfast love for you? That's what, what David is doing here. He knows that God's loved him. He knows of what God's done for him in the past. And so we need to do the same thing. We, we need to track. We need to track these in our lives. We need to note these times of, of God's love to us, of God's action in our lives, of God's provision, of God's care. We need to track these things so that we can do what? Go back to them when we need to. So that when the pain is overwhelming and when the difficulties are facing are making us question God, we instead we look back at his steadfast love. And believe that because he has been faithful in the past, he is faithful going forward. That because we've experienced his good love for us in the past, we know that that good love is continuing and always true. Then the second part of verse 5. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. So now David goes back to his salvation, where his life in God comes from. He, he uses a, a way to choose trust in the midst of his pain as he proclaims where salvation comes from. King David writes, my heart will rejoice in your salvation. We, uh, earlier I asked you, let me hear your sounds of adoration. Let's hear them. Yeah, we, we sang, we lifted our voices in song, we pro pro proclaimed God's goodness to us, and we sang, this is the sound of adoration. And then, and then every week we remind ourselves that the gospel is the spectacular news that we have a perfect and holy God who rescues miserable, wretched sinners like you and me through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Sounds of adoration? Yeah, amen to the gospel, hallelujah for the cross. David writes, my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. We rejoice at Faith Church because the gospel is good news that God rescues sinners through Jesus, that Jesus lived the life we cannot live, the perfect life, that Jesus died the death that we deserve, died in our place to pay the penalty for our sin so that we could find life with God. And then Jesus was raised from the dead and his new life shows us that we too can have life. And Jesus' life, death, and resurrection brings about the forgiveness of sin. It puts us back in relationship with a holy and perfect God. We are adopted into his family. We are saved from sin and death. We have life now and life eternal. And notice... That even though I recently got my vaccine shot and my arm is very sore, nothing possibly can stop me from gesturing wildly while I preach, especially when I point you to the greatness of our God. Ouch. <laughs> the second part of verse 5, King David says, My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. From beginning to end, the Bible on your lap, the God's word that you are reading from, from beginning to end, from front to back, is a story of God redeeming a people for himself, of God um, setting things right, putting things back the way he intended, rescuing a people for himself. And so while we experience suffering on this side of eternity, our lament prayers can lead us to trust because we know that God's good purposes prevail, that our lives are difficult, but that God is good. And so we, we, we lean on, on what we know to be true of him, even when we don't see how it's gonna work out, even when we don't understand how he's working.
And then verse 6. I will choose, I mean, I will sing to the Lord, David says, because he has dealt bountifully with me. As we choose to trust, we are intentional. This is what we already talked about this. There's an intentionality here. He's saying, I'm going to sing. I'm going through pain. I'm going through difficulty. I've got tough questions for you, God. I'm being honest here, but I'm going to sing. There's, there's an intentional leaning on God here. And we've talked about this in recent Sundays too, that what's one thing that lament can do for us? As we learn this language of lament prayers, and as we go to God in this way, there's an opportunity for our lament prayers to align us with God, to align our hearts with the heart of God. Because as we are honest with him, but we go through this process with him, and we end with trusting him, we're, we're, we're putting ourselves in a position to allow God to align our hearts with his, to bring us into, into, into action with him. Life is hard. God is good. This in-between is an opportunity for us to have active patience. We keep trusting by lamenting. Lamenting and continuing to go to him, no matter what happens, is a way that we express our active patience, and we keep trusting. So, I didn't, I didn't pause again earlier, but I should have. We paused earlier when you gave you a moment for turn and complain. Now I'm going to give you a few seconds of silence, and that thing that you're thinking of that's difficult in your life and that you're going through that you want to lament, hopefully you took a few seconds earlier to turn and complain. Now I want to give you some time to ask bold questions. Ask God to act in accordance with what you know to be true of him. Feel free to ask bold questions and, and then um, take some time to end with trust, with expressing, affirming to him, like we just gave some examples, affirming to him what you know to be true of him. Go ahead and do that. Father, we are learning to turn, complain, ask, and trust. Thank you for hearing us, for being a God who um, listens and hears our prayers. We love you. Amen. Um, here's where we'll finish. I'm, I'm wrapping up, but I, I just want to finish with this, uh, reading just a couple paragraphs from the book, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. And the reason I want to read a couple paragraphs, and there's going to be some pictures on the screen behind me, uh, the reason I'm finishing with this is I'm hoping this will give you a picture that will stay in your mind of, of what lament is for, when lament comes into play, and, and, and what um, this title of the series, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, should remind us of. Uh, the author says this, while attending a meeting at a Christian conference center, I noticed a picture on the wall. It featured a painted scene of a small English cottage tucked between two mountains with a flowing stream. A small garden surrounded the house. It re resembled a Thomas, this is Thomas Kincaid. He says it wasn't a Thomas Kincaid. It resembled a Thomas Kincaid painting with pastel colors, soft lines, and a bright sky. The kind of art you'd find in a Christian bookstore. This soothing refuge would be a place I'd love to visit, one of peace and tranquility. 
And below the painting was Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So the artist, he writes, connected this famous verse to that idealized scene of the, of the cottage in the woods. And, he, and the author says, I would guess that many Christians would do the same. And, and, I, and, I, and this is me, a little aside from me. I googled Lamentations 3, 22 to 23 and, and looked for the images that popped up with that verse. And these are the kind of things that pop up with Lamentations 3. A cup of coffee in the morning, a calm, serene moment. Oh, flowers, a sunset or a sunrise. I'm not sure, whichever. It, these are the images that came up with Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. But here's where Mark Vrogrup says, we'd be wrong for associating those pictures with Lamentations 3. A pastel-colored cottage, he writes, by a stream is not the scene of the third chapter of Lamentations. On the contrary, Jeremiah writes, his mercies are new every morning. Jeremiah writes that over a dark and tragic landscape. Instead of an English cottage, the city of Jerusalem lay in ruins. Think Indonesia after a tsunami, not a cabin in the Smokies. Bright skies are replaced with looming dark clouds. Quaint gardens are exchanged for streets of suffering. Instead of a peaceful scene, it's a war zone. Yet as Jeremiah laments this destruction, he still says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. We want that, those pictures to change the way we read Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. At least it should. Our lives don't always look like the serene cottage in the woods, do they? That isn't always our experience. Um, we, we, we need those images that we just looked at to, to remind us of, of when, lament, uh, when lament prayers come into play, what God has in store for us, because our lives don't always look like that. We experience pain and hardship and suffering. That The difficulties and the hardship and the trials and the pains and the losses that you experience in the ups and downs of life are way more like the smoldering ruins of Jerusalem than that idyllic cottage. And that, that scene, smoldering ruins, tragic and dark landscape, dark clouds, and the difficulties of life, that's when we apply the words of Lamentations 3, verse 22 and 23. You with me on that, church family? That's when we apply that. That's when we, in, it's in those circumstances, and with that backdrop, that we remind ourselves of who God is, what he's done, hallelujah, for the cross, and what he promises to do moving forward. So lament is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. Lament is something we pray in the midst of difficult life. It's something that needs to be a process that leads us somewhere, not that we stay stuck in. And we, we're asking God to help our lament prayers take us through a process that ends in trusting God more and more. Lament is how we live a life between the difficulties of life and knowing and trusting in God's sovereignty. Lament is, is what stands in the gap between pain and promise, between our complaints and our confidence in God. Church family, may lament, may we learn to lament, and may lament take us not away from God in the, in the midst of our pain. May lament take us to him. Let's pray. Father God, we are so thankful that you are a God who has come near to us. Father in heaven, you are great and awesome and loving and mighty. Father, you are on high. You, are, you alone are worthy of our worship. Father, we thank you for your, your goodness to us, your steadfast love, your, your mercies that never end. God, we thank you more, more than anything for, for the indication of your love that is the cross. Thank you for sending your son to live and die and be raised again so that we can have life in you. Father, teach us to turn and complain and ask and trust. God, we pray that you would teach us to lament, 
that we would ad adopt the language of lament in, the, in our Bibles as, as our own prayer language. That it, would, uh, that it would not lead us to be stuck in our, our, our complaints, that, it would not, uh, that, our, that our pain would not become a pit. But God, would you teach us to lament so that we can journey toward you so that instead of turning away from you, instead of giving you the silent treatment, Father, may our laments take us to you, to your feet, to trusting in you no matter what. In the face of, of life's difficulties and suffering, God, would you give us active patience, enduring what you have for us while seeking you out, while talking to you, while coming to you. God, teach us what you have for us today and always. May we look to you. May we look to your word. And God, as you teach us, would you change us from the inside out, making us more and more like Christ. God, we're so thankful for your love in our lives, God, your love through the cross, through Christ. God, I pray that our thankfulness, our, 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 our love for you would return to you now in our, in our worship, in our giving, in our song, in our prayers. And God, as we continue worship through, with, with our act of giving here in a few moments, I am thankful for your generosity, God, to us, to this church family, through your people. Thank you for, for cheerful and sacrificial givers that make this ministry possible. Thank you, God, for your goodness to us uh, through those gifts. So God, as we continue to worship, thankful for your faithfulness to us in the past, God, would we, would we sing about your goodness, your faithfulness, would we, would we mark those times? Would we make note of all the ways that we have seen your steadfast love in our lives and where, the ways we have seen your faithfulness to us so that we can go back to those, so that we can count on those, so that we can look to those and be reminded that you are good always. Even through difficulty, we turn to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.